Aren't you awesome? <laughs> Tonight is a hard one. In a good way, meaning, you know, okay, there's only one thing I do need. Um, I would love to be able to have um, the references for life. I might have it in here. Hold on. This is what I keep in my bag. It's got every little booklet <laughs> of the ministry. Do you guys carry this around? Hey, I know you don't attend here regularly, so this is your first time, so you get a pass on that. <laughs> How many people carry this stuff in their book bags? Good, good, that's good, because this is awesome. The material in it is just so incredible that... Um, you can't absorb it all in one night. You can't absorb it all in one year. But I will tell you, it's amazing how much. I still can't even absorb it, and I've been here almost seven years. So, all right. Praise God. <laughs> I'm so happy and excited. All right. All right, does everybody have pen and paper for tonight? All right, this is one, it's a deep one, but I think it's good. I know it's good. All right, do you want a pen? I'll give you mine. Praise the Lord. The one thing that as I've grown in, up in this ministry, and the one thing I realized, when we write out scripture, things start to happen. When you write out your notes, you're actually writing something out, and we're going to talk about that later. But it's awesome about how it helps you to grow. When I'm at home at night, and I remember the first time I heard the Lord say to me, now just start writing out the scripture. And I'd start writing it out, and I was writing out, I was whispering it. And then I'd start whispering, then I'd start crying, because you would start meditating on it. So your time at home in the scripture and meditating and writing it out is very, very, very important. Because... Remember, we want to become the word of God because we are in a ministry here where we are to be living kingdom life. All right? We are to be living kingdom life. But sometimes that's a really hard thing to figure out. Tonight we're going to talk about what it's like to be living kingdom life. And I love the word to be. To be is what God is calling us. He already has Sharice a place to be. Courtney a place to be. I love this. Reman Richard, a place to be. God already has a place in the kingdom. Emily, little Emmeline, everybody has a place to be in kingdom life. All right? And so nobody in here was born on a mistake and not supposed to be here. But the one thing that the Lord showed me is that, and I want to find this verse which is why I pulled this out. The Lord says in his word in Isaiah, and you do not have to put this up, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Where everybody's placed to be in the kingdom, God's hand is not shortened to be able to get you there. And he says that he shall come it shall come to pass in the day of the Lord gives you a rest from your sorrow and from your fears and the hard bondage in which you were made to serve. 
Now I love that verse because every time I meditate on that verse, it makes me feel better any of the hard bondage I made my, myself cry about or I thought about. Can we all conceive the fact that everybody in here has had a hard bondage in which you were made to serve? So before you get into the kingdom, everybody has a hard bondage that they were made to serve. Doesn't that, does that hit you? If you th- I mean, when you really think back on your life and you think there isn't anybody who's sitting in here that hasn't had something hard that they've had to overcome. All right, and that is Isaiah 14.3. Well, I've been meditating on that one and every time I meditate on it, it's just, poof. Because it really makes you feel okay with wherever God is sending you to be in the kingdom life. And it makes you excited that whatever hard things you were meant to serve, those are the things God's using to put you in your kingdom life. And so we have to get excited because we can sit and complain all day about all the hard things that happened to us. And we can make ourselves sad about all the experiences that we have experienced that has us, caused us sorrow. But the Lord says, we are all called to be in the kingdom. And so I wanna clear that fact right now. You know, one of the things that we have to remember is, is that he already knew what is going on in our life before we ever entered into our understanding of him. Okay, he always knew us but it's when we came to him. All right, so praise the Lord. Let's start with John, 1 John 4.4. 4. You know, we are free to enjoy all things that pertain to life and godliness. 1 John 4.4 4 says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So now, The Lord is trying to tell us that when we enter the kingdom of God, we enter like little children. But he also wants us to know in this verse that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So I stand here, I'm in the world, I'm a vessel in the world. But the greater one is where? Where's he located? In me, he is located in me. And he is greater, he who is is in you is greater. So if you kind of put this in perspective, you know that you've been born on this earth and that you've had a hard burden to serve, but when you get enlightened to know that you have another calling and he wants you to come to that calling as a little child, because why? He calls us, you are of what? God, little children, all right? So we can be, I can be 40 years old when I came into this ministry. And so I'm 47 years old. But when 40 years old, I had to become a what? A child. I had to recognize that you, I am of God and that he has a place for me in his kingdom. All right? 1 John 4, 6 says, now this is where this gets so interesting. As we develop, because everybody here has already been touched by God. Everybody in here, for some reason, has been drawn into this ministry or into this room. And this verse says, We, again, are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, 
as we enter in and start recognizing that God has a place in his kingdom called for us, he tells us, he reminds us in this verse a second time that we are what? Of God. And then he says, he who knows God does what? Hears us. Okay? And he who is not of God does not hear us. Everybody in here has a what? A voice to speak. And as we start growing and being developed in who he has us to be, we start hearing all different type of people. We still start hearing all different type of things going on around us. All right? But as we grow, it says, by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. All right. But we've got to be able to hear. When I came into this ministry, I didn't know I was of God. I knew there was a God. So when I would hear things, I wasn't listening for a spirit of truth, and I wasn't listening for a spirit of error. I knew what I knew. I knew the sorrow. I knew the burden where I came. I knew what church assembly I grew up in. And so as we recognize that he who knows God hears us, those who are of God. So now I'm speaking, and I ask the Lord before I speak, let my voice only be of what? Your spirit of truth. Don't let my voice be a spirit of error. All right? But we, this is what's so awesome. God knows every place we're at, and he knows that we're not all going to speak the spirit of truth, but if you surrender yourself to him, you're going to find yourself saying things you don't know why you say them. You're going to start hearing things, but you don't know why you're hearing them. I remember when I first felt my insides tremble the closer I came to this side of the building. Because why? I was coming close to the spirit of truth. Okay, the Lord put me in a place to hear the spirit of truth. Okay, but I didn't know I was hearing the spirit of truth. I didn't know if it was a spirit of error, spirit of truth, because guess what? I wasn't worried about what I was hearing. I wasn't worried about what I was taking in. You know, so many people don't understand that we walk and our voice has spirit. Everything we say, every word we say affects another person. I let Courtney, I loved your testimony because she was being patient, she was being patient, she was being patient. And then finally the guy was what? Rude to her. And she didn't feel good about that because she felt his voice. I joke on my, you know what? I'll sit in the car with my phone and I, my, vo my phone has a voice. Siri or something, I don't even use it, right? But what I do is I'll play my music and I'll, sometimes I'll drive and I'll go like this because I don't have it attached to my sound system. I know that sounds really pitiful. That could make me cry. I could cry about anything right now. So I'll put it next to my, my ear and I'll be driving and I'll hear, I'll feel its breath. You ever feel the breath on your phone? Does that sound silly? Everybody can, t everybody will leave here today, play your songs, let it, here's a little sound where it comes out, put it right here, there's breath breath comes out of this. Okay? So think about it. Everything that lives has what? Breath. Okay? And so in it, you're determining when you listen to music, what spirit are you listening up to? The spirit of truth or the spirit of error? So I'm here to say that as we grow in him, we are to be hearers and we are to know what is the spirit of truth, what is the spirit of error. But that takes time to grow into that because we are all to be living into kingdom life, and it's only by the spirit we are drawn to the truth. All right, is everybody good with this? Everybody's got it? Okay, so how do we know 
the spirit of error is operating. How do we know? Well, the first thing we have to do is do what? We have to be listening. And then we have to be spending time with God to know the truth. All right? Because there's a spirit in us. I like it. We have the regenerated spirit. God speaks. And sometimes that's all God speaks and people don't hear because they're not communing with him to discern what that truth is. So you got to spend time with God. Hebrews 8.13 says, Hebrews 8.13 says, In that he says, a new covenant. Now I have a question for you, Todd. This is amplified, right? Okay, that's what I would like to use, amplified for the evening then. Isn't that crazy? Because if you guys would have laughed at me today, I had five Bibles on my bed today. I got a new one this week. And they were all open to a different section. I almost want to take a picture of them because they were singing, right? (laughs) It says, when God speaks of a new covenant or agreement, he makes the first one obsolete, out of use. And what is obsolete, out of use, and annulled because of age, is ripe for disappearance and to be dispensed with altogether. I walk into this ministry coming from an assembly called the Episcopal Church. I start hearing and connecting with the spirit of truth. Something in me is being drawn. All right? Well, now I love this. When God spoke, I heard a new voice. And even though I may not have understood that new voice, it was awesome. All of a sudden, he makes the first one obsolete. So everything I learned before became what? Isn't that beautiful? Everything I came before, I can't even hear. It became so obsolete that in his word, it's now, it's out of use because it's not real anymore. It's now not real. But you know what? I was still holding on to it because I didn't know all of what was real. And it says, and what is obsolete? Something that's out of use and annulled because of age. All right, because there are some things that have just passed on and have moved on. So, I love the word ripe. (laughs) You know, we can have some fruit, I love this. We want to grow as a glorious son and daughter where our tree of life becomes what? Blooming, full of leaves, fruit, and we, we want it to be everlasting. But when it comes to what you used to know, that fruit becomes ripe for death. It becomes ripe and ready to be what? I like it, it has for disappearance right? And then I love this word, dispensed, right? As you grow, the old becomes it all together. Now, who wants that kind of mind? We want to be renewed in the mind so that as the things, the old things that we had are getting dispensed, right, Mamie? We want to keep that and we want to take away those old things and be open to hearing the spirit of truth. So, you know what? I mean, it is awesome. It says, God speaks us with this voice. It says, what is old is ripe and it's time to be dispensed. The outer man is perishing and the inner man is flourishing day by day. What is new will renew day by day. What is old will die. How do you know you're walking on the right path seeking God? Because what is truly new will become new every day and he will add to that newness every day. But what is old will start to die. It'll start to have no meaning. You won't hear it anymore. It can't produce 
what it used to produce. It can't do it. It can't do it. You, I can't walk into an Episcopal church, which I did three years after this, on a Christmas Eve service. And when I walked in, I skipped in, in the front row because you know what? Even when I went to church, I didn't sit in the front row. I sat in the back row. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to be the first one up for communion. But that night, I was like, oh, I love God so much. I skipped up to the front row. I sat right there. I looked at the minister. And then I turned around, and there were three rows empty behind me. And then there were all the people. Because I heard a truth. And I was so excited to skip in. And in, a min in that type of ministry, they have alkalites. And when it's time to speak the word, they make a big deal. It's a processional. They open this big, old-looking book. You can hear it. And they're going to speak the first of the night. And everybody has to follow them as they walk. And then you stand and you wait there. And I have to tell you, all the years, I never listened to whatever word they said. I mean, I really thought about that. I'm watching it. I'm turning my body, watching the people. And then I realized, I've never listened. And that, isn't that incredible? Because what they were speaking had no spirit of truth behind it. We are all human beings. We, all we start off with what? a void, empty place that needs to be filled and connected to the Spirit of God, reconciled back. And so we don't even, we're sitting in church probably playing doodle games, right? Tic-tac-toe. How many people have done it? Okay, <laughs> right? You're getting through the motions because you're not hearing the Spirit of truth. You're not hearing it. So it's incredible. There comes an altogether a movement when you connect to the Spirit and you have that, now as you grow, you're able to decipher the Spirit of truth versus the Spirit of error. So, our victory as we grow in this is in our praise and worship. Okay, because now you're saying to yourself, well, I come in here, I'm meditating on the Word, I'm reading the Word, and I'm studying and I'm doing some things. But the one thing this ministry teaches people so that they can increase their hearing is praise and worship. Praise and worship. Go to John, go to John 4.23. The Father is seeking a worshiper. A time will come, however, indeed, it is already here. So it's already time. When the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth reality. For the Father is seeking just such a people as these as his worshipers. Now, I think this is awesome because you can sing psalms and you know hymns in a church, but the Father says, I'm looking for just a people as this, to worship in spirit and in truth. And you know what? This is awesome when I found this. In Ephesians, you don't have to put this up. I'm just going to read it out. It says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dis dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And then it says, it defines what is being filled with the Spirit. It says, Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another in the fear of God. Man, when I read that, when we get into worship, worship is so we can do what? Sing unto God. 
So something within us is singing out to him. It's also causing us to do what? Thank him. When we sit in here and you are not speaking, you are hurting your development. I've seen it. When I started, I, hey, I sat in the back. I watched everybody, Richard Rima, um, Teresa. Teresa was up here jamming it out. She was doing her little dance. Zinni had her little wave, you know, fly girls, the waving girl, right? But I sat in that back because even though we sang a hymn in the Episcopal Church, I didn't speak out with my voice, all right? And then it's, it's amazing when I started realizing I'm supposed to thing, sing out thanksgiving. I'm supposed to th- sing out praise because when we sing out in spirit and from a true heart of reality, what starts stirring? Your spirit. And what is then able to happen? You can hear the spirit of truth. Now, isn't that awesome? You can actually start hearing the spirit of truth and then knowing and sensing when something's not right. You start growing sensitive to your environment. Your conscious discernment starts to increase even with what you don't understand. I'm telling you, a little meter starts growing. You don't have to understand or even know the word that backs it up. But something starts rising and you start recognizing Spirit of truth, spirit of error. Something might not sit right. Something might not sit. All right, so as he develops us to be living in the kingdom, he wants us to start what? Worshiping. In the Old Testament, there was a physical sanctuary, and it was a worldly way, but the Lord used it. The Old Testament is so awesome because the Lord used the Old Testament to be a foreshadow of the future. Okay, so when we go back and we look into what he is gonna show us, he was already trying to show us how important worship was. Go to Hebrews 9 and Todd, you can put verses one through four. I love this. All right. Even now, the first covenant had its own rules and its own regulation for what? Divine worship. Do you know there's a divine power? There's a divine faith? There is a divine movement that God wants us all to enter into. It says, now even the first covenant had its own rules and regulations for divine worship. And it had a sanctuary, but one of, but one of this world. For a tabernacle, a tent was erected in an outer division or compartment of which were the lampstand and the table, its loaves of bread, the showbread set forth. This portion is called the holy place. But inside, beyond the second curtain or the veil, there stood another tabernacle, a division known as the holy of holies. It had the golden altar of incense and an ark chest of the covenant covered over with wrought gold, This ark contained a golden jar, which held the manna and the rod of Aaron that sprouted and the two stone slabs of the covenant bearing the 10 commandments. All right. If you notice when they talk about it, they talk about it being as an act of worship. That they actually, can you put up my picture? I did a drawing for you. This is good. All right. I said, it's my art project. Okay, and I did it in five seconds before. I forgot about it. 
This is what the, the old tabernacle, the earthly sanctuary used to look like. And I, I got this revelation months ago. Chris will tell you, it was starting to brew in me and brew in me and brew in me. But I got to tell you, God put the icing on the cake just recently about it. Outside, so look at this as a building from the top down. All right. Outside, this is the doors of the tabernacle. Outside of the tabernacle, there was a box. And I loved it. If you read the Old Testament in Exodus, they've got this down to the measurement, the type of wood, the detail. God is a God of detail, okay? This first box was a box of fire, okay? It is where you came and brought your sacrifice, okay? If you were guilty for the week of doing everything, when you came to that, when you came to that place, you, you brought your best sacrifice and it got what? Psh, burned up. So think of that like a fire pit, even though it's square. It was square, but this was the fire pit for the sacrifice. Then you came and then there was an oval basin of water. So now you gave your sacrifice. Then the next, this is how you had to enter in. This is how you entered in to, to the holy of holies, the holy place. Then you had to wash your feet, cleanse yourself. So you were clean enough to even walk into that building. All right. And when you entered in the holy of holy place, just like what the word said, this is an altar where the incense was. This was a showbread of tables. And there were six loaves, six and 12 total, six in each run. And when you got cleansed, you got to walk in here and the purpose was to worship. The purpose was to pray. And when you would come in, there would be the showbread and then there would be the menorah lit with seven candles. And then you would approach the altar all right, now, this is interesting. Put up Hebrews. Let me see. I'm sorry, I'm breathing heavy. All right. Go back to Hebrews 9, 1, 4, 1 through 4. All right, now even the first covenant had its own rules and regulations for divine worship. So when I showed you that outline, for us to enter into a divine worship in the Old Testament, you actually had to follow these rules and regs, a burnt sacrifice, a washing of the feet, and then you could enter into what was called the holy place. In the holy place was the altar. It was the bread. The bread represents the word of God to us today. And then you have the lights, and the lights represent the understanding and the wisdom of God. And so as you walked in, it says this tabernacle was erected in an outer division or compartment, which where the lampstead and the table with its loaves of showbread set forth. Okay, and then it says, this portion is called the holy place. How many times you hear in songs, we're gonna enter into the holy place. We're gonna enter into the holy place. Well, we have to enter into the holy place with our praise and our worship. So that's the part, you come in, praising and worshiping God, all right? It says, but inside beyond the second curtain or the veil. Now, this is what's so awesome. In that building, they had a veil of the wall. It wasn't a wall. And it was so interesting. Everything about the veil was with the number five. There were five curtain sets. They were 50 so many inches long. Everything had the number five, which I always say is the grace of God. Five is grace, all right? But nobody could go beyond that second curtain. It was special. Go to Hebrews 
9, 6 through 7. 6 and 7. So beyond the curtain, these arrangements have thus been made. The priest entered habitually into the outer division of the tabernacle in performance of their ritual acts of worship. But into the second division of the tabernacle, none but the high priest could go there. And he only once a year and never without taking a sacrifice of blood with him, which he offers for himself and for the errors and sins of ignorance and thoughtlessness which the people have committed. Now, isn't that amazing? Once a year, you, you came to Jerusalem, right? You brought your stuff to the temple. You had your best sacrifice, but you couldn't even go into the Holy Holies. Guess who had to go in? The priest. So it wasn't even you going into God. They sent somebody else. And how, how often could you go? Once a year. All right, so we had a whole year to think about our errors, our sins, our ignorance, our thoughtlessness, which the people have committed. And then we had to trust somebody we didn't even know. And it was a human being. I, I love this. When I think about the old way, everything was done in a ritual. It was done a performance. Once a year for forgiveness. Man, that is so like the old church. When you go into a dead church, I call that, there is a deadness to the churches out there that make man-made rituals. Now here's the awesome thing about this tabernacle. This was designed by God, okay? And it was designed to teach us a way. It was designed to teach us an order. Do you know what was so awesome about this tabernacle? The awesome thing about this tabernacle was even though this one guy got to go behind the curtain, what was behind the curtain? Go back to my picture. All right, so now you could go to the holy place, but you couldn't go to the Holy of Holies. They sent one priest in there and he got to go behind the veil and there was the Ark of the Covenant. And it was an Ark of the Covenant. And in the Ark had three things. It had the golden jar of manna. It had the, the rod of Aaron. And then it had, oh, I like that, that's good. Okay, that's good, you're making me laugh. That is good. Okay, it had the rod of Aaron. And it had the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. All right. So, all right. Only the priest could go in there once a year to, to, to meet God and to feel the glory of God in that place. Go to Hebrews 9.9. 9. Hebrews 9.9. 9. Seeing that the first outer portion of the tabernacle was a parable, it was a visible symbol or a type or a picture of the present age. In its gifts and sacrifice are offered and yet are incapable of performing the conscience or of cleansing and renewing of the inner man of a worshiper. So there were people who could love God, but they could only, they could only come once a year Another man had to enter in, and so they were limited. And so God shows this as a first outer portion, as a parable, a visible symbol of the type of picture we're supposed to enter in as worshipers. So, and now I'm going to walk you through that. What is it 
that we walk through this. And I will tell you one of the things I found most interesting when I was studying this is everybody who came to the tabernacle in the Old Testament, everybody had to connect financially with it. It is awesome. Everybody had to give, an, um, it begins with an R. I can't think, Denny, you probably know it. Um, every, every person was counted that belonged to the tribes. And every person had to give and connect a financial amount to that tabernacle. It's called, in fact, I'll look at it. I have it right here. I, it just, the, I, that is something that just came up today. And I really didn't have time to read it more. But it had a special name to it. I know people want to know it. I can feel it. And I even know what column it's in. Maybe. Oh, it was called ransom money. That's it. I was like, oh. I started reading that, and I thought, oh, my God, that's so cool. Because what have we learned about entering in to a ministry? A ministry. This is, this is a place. This is a physical erect place. It is love, time, and what? Money. Do you know even the Old Testament erect? They all had to give a ransom. And it was accounted. They had their name and they were checked off. So guess what? They were already connecting. They would come in their time. They would come because they love God. And they even connected with their money. Isn't that kind of cool? You know, sometimes we get so angry with finances and ministry. And, you know, because we're so, that's the, the first thing that people don't understand but the people had to connect with that. So this really was a parable, a symbol, but it was incapable of perfecting the conscience or the discernment of truth versus error. It wasn't able to help the person decipher the truth. All it did was give them a list of rules to do and hoping that God was going to accept them because they did their rule in order. Right, Sharice? How many times do we just want a list of paper that says if I do this, 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 and this, God is going to love me. If I do this, 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 and this, then that means God's going to do this for me. If I do this, 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 and this. Okay? But he was trying to show us. He made this because during that time, that was how people could respond because we, the Savior hadn't come yet. There wasn't a way to enter in. This was the way it had to be done because Lord was trying to teach us something. He wanted to know that cleansing and renewing our inner man was what was going to become to the fullness of time. Everything has a fullness of time and every message is appointed for a different opening of awareness to our relationship with God. Hebrews 10, 9, 10 says, Hebrews 9, 10. Thank you for being patient for that. For the ceremonies deal only with clean and unclean meats. Drinks and different washings, mere external rules and regulations for the body imposed, tied the worshipers over until the time of setting things straight for reformation, for the complete new order when Christ the Messiah shall establish the reality of what these foreshadow a better covenant. I mean, this is so beautiful. God set this up. So when in the fullness of time, he was going to send Christ to fulfill the rules and the regulations, he was doing this to show us how exhausting the first covenant was and how we couldn't get anywhere. We couldn't even get into the holy of holies. All we could do was 
be good stewards, follow rules. And you know what? That's exactly what Satan wants to get us today. He wants us to get us to follow rules and regs to enter in thinking we're experiencing him. But he says he shall establish the reality of what these things forget, which was a better covenant. There was a time when Jesus came so there could be a new order set. But you can only appreciate the new order when you've experienced the old, when you experienced what wasn't working. When you came into this ministry, you knew what wasn't working. So you had your old, now you're entering into your new order, which is gonna be through Jesus Christ, all right? So, as we keep going, we're building this. Christ establishes the reality of what these things are. A foreshadow is an advance warning. It is, it is a future mystery, all right? It's something you don't have to know. But Hebrews 9, 5 says, Hebrews 9, 5, now we're going back. It says, above the ark, there was an overshadowing. So we had the ark, and in the mark was what? The jar of manna, the rod of Aaron, and the tablets of the Ten Commandments. But above the ark was an overshadowing, the mercy seat, where the representation of the cherubims, winged creatures, which were the symbols of what? Glory, and that's what we're getting to. God is, set, is setting a time for us to be walking in his glory full time. All right, Jesus came to enter us a way, all right? But he says, he says here, creatures which are symbols of glory, we cannot now go into detail about these things. Who wrote this? Paul. Paul wrote Hebrews. He said to us, we cannot now go into this detail. We cannot go into this detail. He says about these things, about the glory. That wasn't what his call was. His call was not to get us to enter into the glory. His call was to get people to follow the gospel. His call was to get people to enter in and know that they could be reconciled back to God. But we are in the disposition where now the glory. And I love this because the, the Revelation talks about entering in the glory. And Revelations was written about 15 years after Hebrews was. So isn't that awesome? It wasn't Paul's, it wasn't what he was assigned to do. He wasn't assigned to teach the people to come into the glory. But guess what? We are today. We are entering into a level where we are entering into the Holy Holies and we are learning how to ascend and descend and walk in his glory. All right, if you think about it, every generation, every age has a new level of faith to increase has a new level of awareness. Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to show us way, but he said we would do much better. We would be doing more things. Paul already recognized it. I cannot go into this detail. Paul may have understood it, but it wasn't his job to be what? Teaching it. It wasn't what his assignment was. Isn't that awesome? We are all called to be a part of kingdom life, right? And we're all called to do something special. But guess what? Entering in the experience of the glory was not Paul's main assignment. Do you get what this is? Isn't this awesome? We are entering into that. Dis the Lord was showing me this. Why do people have to get through the door? Because now it's time to explain the ark. 
It is time now to explain the overshadowing about the mercy seat. It is time to explain about the cherubims. It is, it is time to know what it feels like to walk in the glory of God. Doesn't that excite you? We are that generation. Paul knew it wasn't his generation to touch that. Isn't that powerful? Okay, when the man, when that hit me, it like overtook me because it was like, I immediately went and looked what the date Revelations was written. I looked when Hebrews was written and Revelations was written 15 years after Hebrews. Now I think that was interesting. And John was on an island. <laughs> the Bible is so awesome. You know why it's so awesome? Because it was written and it was ordained and it was anointed so it could pass through times so it could, levels of the mystery could be unveiled going past the veil into the Holy of Holies. People haven't been able to cross over. We get into the holy place every day, right? We pray, we enter in, but how many of us really get into the holy of holies, right? Okay, so Hebrews says that even above the ark is an overshadowing. Overshadowing means to appear much more important, to cast a shadow over. It is a cloud that follows and its purpose is to protect all right, so the beautiful thing about entering into the glory is we're really entering into a time and dispensation where God wants to protect his people. He wants us to get into this order so we can walk in the protection when he already said at the end times, the world was going to be very dark. But there's a time we get to learn the way we get to ascend and descend. And if we take this seriously, you get to walk in the glory. You, get to, you are protected. There will be a cloud that protects you because he already says that's the overshadowing part of that. He is gonna cast a cloud. He's gonna protect those. Even Paul identified this in his time. He says we cannot now go into this detail. Isn't that awesome? Because that wasn't his assignment. In the, in the Lord's prayer, it says his kingdom. It says his power. And then what does it end with? His glory. He was identifying the organization of the system. First, what had to come? The kingdom of God. Then what had to come? The power. That we've been experiencing the power for I don't know how many years. I mean, honestly, I've only been here since I was, you know, seven years, right? So I wasn't in tune to what was going on in the world spiritually because I wasn't in tune with the spirit of truth. But I'm sure that there was a lot of what? Power. But now it's the time. We are coming to the end. Now it's time to bring in the glory. And it had to go that order. Kingdom, power, glory. All right. So then it says, isn't it amazing the mysteries of God? I mean, it is amazing. He wants us to tap in and know that we are part of this generation. And we are to prepare. All, everybody in here has kids. Your kids are going to be walking in the glory. It even says that, that in the end times, those kids will be prophesying, those kids will be experiencing the glory. It's interesting that it's amazing how the mysteries gods are revealed at appointed times. So now this is now becoming an awareness to the remnant. It's becoming an awareness. It says in Habakkuk 2, Todd, Habakkuk 2, 2, 3, appointed times, appointed times, appointed times. Don't miss your appointed time. When I came in this building, it was what? Appointed. When Mamie and Carl came in the building, what was it? Appointed. 
you are here today. It is appointed. If you have already been connected to the home base where God has assigned you, it is appointed. If you turn your back on it, you don't know what you're turning your back on. You are turning your back. The Lord showed me, and I share this with Jean, and, and Carrie knows about this. In about June or July, the Lord told me that in the seventh month, there would be death. I let Jean know. I said, we're going to see a lot of death in this place. And it's going to start in the seventh month. And then the Lord said to me, I, when I read it in Jeremiah, it hit my spirit. And I, I was already talking about the flipping the pancakes. All right. He said people would be flipped. And then the Lord showed me there would be death. And I got nervous. I ran to Jean. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be death. Right? And he said there was going to be death of what people are not willing to go, but they were called to be here. And he was now going to just, how many people have felt death in the last 30 days? Raise your hands. Man, that was God. Because when I started watching, I didn't tell anybody but Jean, and I just told Carrie about it. But Jean knew the day I got it. And when I was like, I was like, okay, if you're showing me this, then I'm going to die first. <laughs> All right? What am I got to die, right? I'm already feeling dead, right? So what else do I have to die? Because God wouldn't give it to me first if it wasn't what he's going to work death out of me. And let me tell you, I shook. I ran to Jean. I was showing him this, and I was like, all right, but I'm not going to tell anybody because you don't want to shake up the people, right? You don't want to shake up people. When God gives you something, there's a reason when you hold it. Well, I knew to hold it. And I held it, and then all of a sudden, pancakes were flipped. Deception was exposed. And then, boom, there was a little time. And then the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar, starting mid-September to mid-October, everybody has till the 13th. So we have till the October 13th. If you are experiencing, if anybody in the last 30 days from today or the 13th of October has experienced sickness, illness, death, waking yourself up, he says, wake up sleepers. There's a new disposition, dispensation going out. There's a new order. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, if you turn your back on it, I feel sorry for you because the death is not just a spiritual death. It can be a physical death. And you know what? I mean, and that... I don't even like saying that. That makes me nervous on the inside. When I told it to Jean, I was nervous because I know how God works. Body, soul, spirit. All right? Now, in Habakkuk, he tells us this. I'm not just saying that there are visions and things written in appointed times. The Lord already says in his word, and the Lord answered me and said, write the what? Vision and engrave it so plainly upon a what? A tablet that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for a what? Appointed time. Jesus came to bring the kingdom of God an appointed time. Then the power to be used through his people came. It opened up. I don't know what year it did, but whatever it did, it opened up in an appointed time. And now we're entering into the appointment time. It says appointed time and it hastens Till the what? End. There is a fulfillment that happens in every generation, every segment of time. It says, it will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, what are we to do? Wait. People just didn't start recognizing that the glory is coming. God is so good, he gave the vision to people before it happened. He was already giving. Some of you have already had dreams. You've, had, you've already sensed something was happening in a greater dispensation. And you know what? Once you were sensing it, you know how good God is? You don't even have to understand what you're seeing. He's already got your little truth meter sending you where you need to be. Okay? Because if you are his, remember, you are God. We opened up with that. 
And, and if we hear him, then we know where to go. Isn't this awesome? Come on, doesn't this make you nervous? Does it make you excited? It should make you excited and nervous all at the same time. Because I'm not saying that I'm anything great, but I'm going to tell you, when God gives me something and it starts to shake on my inside, and then I watch it start to manifest, like the flipping of the pancakes, and then the death. I, man, I was watching Chris. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be death coming. People are going to, like, people were going to be coming down to the last bit of themselves. How many people have suffered this month? Can't figure it out. Because we have to go through the doorway of change. And how we do it, we've got to be a worshiper. We've got to know how to enter in the Holy of Holies. And we've got to understand what is in that old tabernacle is what is in you. How do we work it? How do we know it? How do we become aware of how to connect to this glory? And that's what's important. But he tells us it's an important time. And I love it. It is going to surely come. You either miss it or you don't, right? It will not be behind-handed on its appointed day. God is so loving. He gives a window of grace. He gives everybody time to get shuffled. In. And you know, and he does it with love at first. I mean, he's always doing it with love, but the love is ignorant. You're just skipping along, landing in your destiny, <laughs> right? That's what happens. You are so innocent, skip along, landing in your destiny. But then you have a choice to keep pursuing or turn. And what do you do? Some people turn. And then they turn and God loves you another time because he always gives us an escape plan. He always gives a reminder, turn back, come back. This is where you're supposed to be. But then I, you watch it when people let go and you can feel the pain because you know this is where they were to be during this time. And he already says all through his word, everything is done by a vision. Go to Hebrews 9, 11, and 12. 9, 11, and 12. It says, but that appointed time came when what? Christ, the Messiah, appeared as our high priest. He came as a high priest of better things to have come and are to come. See, he didn't come on this earth and it's a, he came and did what he had to do for this time on this earth. So he says, the high priest of better things that have come, so we recognize Jesus has come, but are to come. So the kingdom came, then the power, now the glory. Everybody's getting it. Then through the greater, the more perfect tabernacle, not made with human hands, that is not a part of this material creation. There is no more. We don't have to go to a building. Right here, you are the tabernacle. I'm a tabernacle. You're a tabernacle. Guess what's in you? I love this chart. This chart has it all. The moment you accept Christ in your heart, boom. There is the little jar of manna. It's a golden jar of manna, okay? You get to have that placement of the holy holies in you, Darla. It's already sitting in there. And it can be so small, but guess what it is? It's a jar of golden manna. What was the manna back in the old time? The substance fell out of the sky. Everything they need fell out of the sky. Everything we need is in you. You live walking with the Holy of Holies, and we don't even know how to do it. You don't even know. Whew. I am a tabernacle, and in me is a jar of manna. In me is a rod that can sprout the truth. All right? This is awesome. It says, 
not a part of this material creation. Nobody could make it. You have to seek it. It says, seek the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all things will be coming to you. Isn't this awesome? I'm burning up. He went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of the blood of goats or calves, but which to make reconciliation between God and man by his own blood. That was his assignment. He came to live, to enter us into a way to get into the Holy of Holies. And when he died, he sent all his people, what, in Acts, and what came upon them? The Holy Spirit. When you accept Christ in your heart and you confess him with your lips that he is the son of God and he has been risen and resurrected, you just opened up, boom. You opened up your little holy of holies to start working. It's a regenerated spirit. All right, this is awesome, it gets better. All right, so he was to show us something better through a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made by human's hands, not a part of material creation. Christ went once and for all into this holy, holy, and, there, and I love this, in the Old Testament, you had to bring the sacrifice in the fire, you had to bring what? An animal, a goat, a blood, you know, I mean, that's what it is. You come into the holy, holy, what happens to your body? Burning up, all right, I love it. We enter in, we start burning up right? We become our own sacrifice at this point <laughs> because our error and our ignorance and everything, we walk in, I know. I, I mean, and you know what? If you experience it when you enter in, that's good. Be happy when you're burning up, when you're feeling the fire because he's trying to get you in to the holy of holies. Now, here's where we get into a little interesting part. Some of us can get into the holy place but doesn't mean we get into the holy of holies. We have the ability to get there through Christ, but we don't know how to do it. It says, Christ secured a complete and a redemption of everlast an everlasting release. So this, what I'm gonna share, it's an everlasting release of Christ. So how is this tabernacle a reflection of heaven? We enter in through Christ's blood. We accept Jesus in our hearts. We confess that he is the son of God and he is reigned, bringing us into a better way. We are reconciled back to God through our new covenant and lifestyle. So now we looked at the old way. Please put that back up. If you can put that back up, that'd be great. The, um, I mean, the, the old way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the old way. All right. In this area now, the outside of the meeting, this is when you accept Christ in your heart. This is when Christ enters in. And you now have, you have Christ. You have opened the regenerated spirit. You become saved here. All right? But then when you step in here, the holy place is your sanctification. How many people have had a hard time with sanctification? Right? Because you can't enter in the holies of holies without being sanctified. You have to be sanctified. You actually have to be seeking him. Hebrews 10, 19, please put that up. Sanctified through the blood, we have the right to enter into the Holy of Holies. But how many people really get there? I want you to really think about this as we keep going. The holy place 
is the place that you were sanctified in the Lord. Hebrews 10, 19, therefore brethren, since we have full, I loved it, you were saying freedom. We have full freedom through the blood of Christ and confidence to enter the Holy of Holies by the what? Power and virtue of the blood of Jesus. So there isn't anybody that should not be getting into the Holy Holies. Okay, I'm telling you that now first. Because for me, I need to know the end before I understand what I'm gonna about to do. And so when I, got, when I was reading this, man, when I started worshiping and worshiping, Gene came to me, I was reading the word, I was doing all this, he goes, hey, it's time for you to start worshiping. I held a little iPod and I was like, hey, Robin lived with me for four months. She sat at my door every morning when I worshiped, waiting to talk to me. And she goes, I hear you doing that, but I think I'm just gonna read the word. And I was like, yeah, been there, okay. We think that we can just enter in by the word. We can't because in the holy place, you've got to approach the altar of incense, which is your voice. It is your praise. It is your prayer. It is your worship. On the right is the showbread. The showbread is your daily bread. What word are you opening for the day? What are you getting from the end of the day? Where is he leading you for that day? And you know what? The light is the understanding and wisdom of God. There are seven stars we have to overcome. And I'm gonna tell you, every time you overcome one, it's like a little light, bing. You have understanding. And your menorah gets lit, bing. You have understanding, bing. And something starts happening. And when you connect the word, the understanding and worship, you have now just entered in to the holy of holies because you have humbled yourself in that growth and you will tarry with it. It will not fail. It will come at a point of time. You get sucked up in that holy of holies. And I'm gonna tell you right now, my first time, it was so narrow. I felt my body getting up into that place and then I heard angels singing. Okay, it's another world in the holy of holies. But it's not always an easy place to get because you've got to tarry. I always tell people, God, I mean, I love Robin. Robin is excellent example for me because when she said to me, Lee, you know, I, I'm just going to read. I was like, okay, that's good. And then she came and left and kind of did her thing. And I was like, worship for 31 days and talk to me. Because he says he is going to bring you into the holy of He already did it. He already said, we have what? Not just some freedom. We have full freedom and confidence. Confidence. We have to have confidence every morning to get up and worship God. We have to know he is getting me somewhere. Now, why would you want to get in the Holy of Holies? Just for a happy experience? No, there's more there. What's there? The jar. Okay, I love this. There's more there. There's the jar of manna. There's the rod of Aaron. And there is the what? Ten Commandments. Now, before we do that, go to Ephesians. Thank you. Ephesians 6.10. Now, as we transition from the holy place, going behind the veil, I want you to remember this. He says he wants us to continually, the showbread was replaced continually. Okay, it was habitual. Get it, right, Mamie? It's habitual. We have to actually make this a lifestyle, right? Ephesians 6.10 says, in conclusion, be what? Strong in the Lord. Being what? Empowered through your union with him. We have to be empowered with the union. Draw your what? 
strength, draw your strength from him that strengthen which his boundless might provides. Oh my gosh. What's it saying? We can't get there. We've got to tap in with what? Christ, Jesus. We've got to be in relationship. The only way we can actually get into that place and be so weak is because he is drawing us there. And we've got to go confidently knowing that he set the way. We actually have to go and draw our strength from knowing we, hey, we taught, you did this, what you said. Pulling from him. You, when you spend time, man, it's so easy. I just get up, cross my legs. I put my little headphones on. And now I just, now I get it, right? But first I didn't get it. And I had to tarry a lot. And then all of a sudden I remember when the presence hit my room. And I felt him. And I knew when I went into another place. And it wasn't an out-of-body experience. My whole self was there. Okay? It's a whole self thing. Okay? If you have something else leaving your body and you're looking back at your body, I'm concerned. Okay? You are to draw strength from him that strength. I'm serious. We have to know the difference of the spirit of error and the difference of the spirit of truth. There is a lot of error out in the church. In fact, I sometimes feel like I'm a litmus paper to that because I haven't been in the church. I haven't been experienced. But the more I draw on this and I've experienced such a pure sense, I can go into a building. I feel like a litmus. Is it acid or is it base? You know, is it safe or is it whatever? And I have to really, I have to strengthen myself up now before I enter into a place because of the purity that's in here. He says, I'm going to build a pure church. We're not the only pure church. Other people are getting this message, okay? But we are assigned for here. All right, so sanctified. I love this. We have to know that we get into the holy place in spirit and in truth. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, 4. His will is for us to be sanctified. So I want you to recognize this. Before we get to the holy holies, you've got to spend time in the holy place. Draw on his strength. Let him build you. It says, for this is the will of God, that you should be what? Consecrated. Sanctified means set apart. Consecrated. Separated and set apart for what? Pure and holy living. He'll change you. If you don't think you're holy and pure, okay. Join the crowd, right? Let him purify you. Allow yourselves to be consecrated in the holy place. What's the holy place? Worship. What's the holy place? Your daily bread. What's the holy place? The light of enlightenment. Getting the understanding and wisdom of God. He makes it all work together. And then all of a sudden, you find a changing happening. He says, separate, set apart for pure and holy living. That you should abstain. You actually start abstaining from what you used to do. You shrink from all sexual vice that each one of you should know how to possess, control, manage his own body in consecration. I love this. Body, soul, spirit. It's all gonna start with what? The body. Because the body is where we sin. We sin to our own body. All right? So that's what the word says. So we actually, in the holy place, you can't even get into the holy of holies until you've been purified in body. I'm letting you know. I mean, when the Lord showed me this, we, I know Jesus made the path, but he says, now my holy place is where, and this ministry teaches sanctification. In the sanctification, he is cleaning up 
everything about your body. Man, I love it when people get sick around here. When I came in here, I tell her about them. I had a fever. I got sick. What was happening to me? I was worshiping. I was spending time. I was doing. Now it was time for him to clean up my what? Body. All right. You should know to possess control, manage his own body in consecration. Purity separated from things profane and honor. Next screen. And honor not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will. If you are reading your word and you are worshiping and you are learning the wisdom and knowledge of him, guess what? You're not doing that stuff anymore. You're not. And if you're not spending time with God, then you're being tempted to do it. And everybody, I don't have to ask anybody, you know what goes on in your mind. We experience things every day, but you got to know the purity of it. All right? I'm not saying judge yourself real strict. You know it in here. He gave us the Holy Spirit to have our little conviction, to know that truth and know where we're going. Please put up. He, <sighs> Sanctification is about the humbleness of your heart being developed so that you will do and act what he tells you to do in the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies tells you what to do, when to do, how to do, and it's in a place of secret instruction. I love it. We have to stay in steadfast worship. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 14. And you're all doing good. Everybody good? Okay, because we're coming up. We're almost, this is good. Steadfast worship. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 through 14. It says, but we, brethren, beloved by the Lord, don't ever think that when you're going in the Holy of Holies that you are not loved by him and you screw up. I love it, right? We don't screw up. He already says you're gonna do what? Stumble. So be, don't be hard on yourself. If you didn't know that there was a difference from the holy place into the Holy of Holies, the holy place is where we stumble. We try and we do what? We fall, and he says we're gonna fall. That's the most beautiful thing. We're not perfect. We're learning how to walk in that perfection. He says, so know that you're beloved by the Lord, ought and are obligated as those who are in debt to do what? Give thanks always to God. So he's saying in sanctification, what are you doing? Giving thanks always to God. Because God chose you from the beginning of his first fruits his first converts for salvation through, everybody, sanctification. Is everybody getting this? Through sanctification work of the Holy Spirit and your belief in adhere to, trust in, and rely on the truth. You don't walk in the truth of error. We walk in the truth of the Spirit. How do we know it? We what? Hear it. You walk into a place like this, you're called to be what? Sanctified to get into the holy place. He says, it was to the end that he called you through our gospel. Man, the kingdom came first. That was the what? The gospel, the good news. First the kingdom, then you grow in what? Power. You're in the holy place to grow in power. Then you step into the holy of holies and you are now stepping into the glory. All right, so you go through our gospel so that you may obtain and do what? And share 
in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't this awesome? Jesus already set the way for us to say, okay, first you're gonna get saved and you're gonna be on the outer part. Then you're gonna come into the Holy of Holies and you're gonna worship, read your word, get the understanding, know what the, when the lamp is being lit. And he is purifying you and sanctifying you so that here he says, he called you through the gospel. That means everybody. But now it's a choice to be sanctified. So he wants you, if you are willing to be sanctified, you are willing to share. He knows you want to share in the what? Glory. This time in dispensation, this is exciting. Because I didn't even get this as much as I'm getting it now. Because the, the exciting part is, is if you've entered into this building, this is what he's trying to do to you to get you to walk in his glory. All right. All right. So now we are able to experience the glory of God in the Holy of Holies. It is the awareness of the true joy God has for us. There is a transition that you experience to learning the new way, hearing the new voice. Romans 1, 16 and 17. The only way to do it, I'm gonna give you three, oh, actually, no, 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 Matthew 16, 24, 25, 26 is important the order. Matthew 16, 24, and I know you should know 26 because then he read it last night. Okay, 24, 25. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him do what? Deny himself. That means when you enter the holy place and you're being sanctified, it's time to do what? Deny yourself. I love this. Lose sight of, forget himself and his own interest and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadily, steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, which is the word, I like this, the menorah and the, the incense, the altar, the praise and worship. Okay, stick to that. If, if need be, in what? Dying, man. This is the month of what? Death. I love it. Let's all die together, right? Let's just keep dying. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life, his comfort, his security shall do what? You're going to lose it. If you don't take this now, I'm sorry, you're going to lose whatever you got. <laughs> I'm being serious. I am being really serious. You're going to lose it because he's not wasting time anymore. In fact, the windows get tighter. The window gets, the more he romances you and draws you, the more you ignore him, he closes the door. I like it. In Songs of Solomon was the best thing. I kept knocking to make love to you, but you did not open the door. Well, when we enter into the Holy of Holies, we are making love to Jesus. You are knowing who you're entering into. It's a relationship. I know that for guys, that might seem a little bit different, but you love Jesus with your whole heart. You worship him. You bring him into your, to, he puts that love in you. For whoever is bent on saving his temporal life is comfort and security here. They shall lose it. And whoever loses his life, his comfort and security here, for my sake shall find it life everlasting. Man, I have energy because I'm tapping into life after life everlasting. I, people get, I get on people's nerves. Why? 
because I'm so happy to be connected to this that I can't not hold it back, if that makes sense. Because it's such a great way. I want, it makes me, I was crying in worship, thinking about this whole process and what a joy it is to help bring, bring people to it. What a joy it is to coach people through the holy place. What a joy it is to watch somebody fail sanctification and then come back. <laughs> because when he has you tagged, you are tagged. You have to shut the door. Romans 1, 16 through 17. So he tells you, he tells you, and you know what? Oh, I'm sorry. For what will it profit a man? I did this for Zinni because this was her verse last night. So what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his life? His life. Now, what was the title of this lesson? We are to be living kingdom life. So you're willing to gain the whole world but forfeit your life, the one God created you for? His blessed life in the kingdom of what? God. Or what would a man give as an exchange for his blessed life in the kingdom of God? Nothing. I'm not giving anything. I'm taking it. All right? This is what I want everybody to think. Anything you think you're losing, you are gaining so much more. Romans 1, 16, 17. Romans 1, 16, 17. Oh, great. For I am not ashamed. Praise God. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Man, the first thing we start growing is not being ashamed of speaking the word of God. Not being ashamed of the gospel because why? We'll look different. Why? People won't connect with us. People won't understand. I'll go into sanctification. Everybody wants to do everything. Well, get over it because if they're not your friends, they're not supposed to be your friends. And if they are your friends, they're going to go along and you are going to be an influence to draw them. He says, do not be ashamed of the gospel, the good news of Christ, for it is God's power working unto salvation. I love this. We have to work unto salvation. That means every time we grow in the holy, the holy place and we get lifted up into the holy holies, guess what happens? We gain more of him. You actually gain more of him in you. And then let me tell you, you don't deny him. The more he grows in you, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. God, the hardest part is the first transition because you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> when you get there and you start learning what God is doing, that's why you have to speak with your mouth, raise your hands, come up here and just, if you don't feel like, just worship God. Trust me, he will change you. You will become a worshiper. Working unto salvation for deliverance, for deliverance, for deliverance, for deliverance. Nobody's gonna walk in the glory without being delivered. Deliverance from eternal death to everyone who believes with a personal trust and a confident surrender and firm reliance. To the Jew first and also the Greek. I love that. Because the Jew was the first and the Greeks got invited in. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed both springing from what? Faith to faith, now we're in the Holy of Holies, right? Every time the light of the menorah goes on the first time, you just went from one measure of faith. You enter in, you experience something awesome. Guess what? Start back. <laughs> now you have to start back. You enter in the Holy of Holies. You spend time, you tarry in a point of time, bing, another light goes on. You enter into the Holy of Holies and you experience what you're supposed to experience, more of him. You go right back 
you enter into the Holy of Holies, you're doing your bread, you're worshiping, and then all of a sudden, whatever God is showing you, bing, another light goes off, you enter into the Holy of Holies. Do you guys get this? This is, you do it seven, there are seven lights. Love this. You have to, there, I mean, when you get this, everybody wants an order, right? Come on, everybody wants to know, what's the checklist, right? Okay, can you give me a formula? If Gene asked me, can we, can we come up with a checklist? I, I you know, he wants to come up with a checklist. Well, I so, you know, it's like my mind goes freeze. I don't know how to checklist this. <laughs> how do I checklist entering into the Holy of Holies, right? Because everybody's order is going to be different, but the, the, I mean, everybody's what they have to overcome is going to be different. But the order's still the same. The order really is still the same. All right, so think about it. When the light goes off, that's another measure of Christ that you have fulfilled in you and you don't go back. So it's springing from faith, from faith and leading to what? Faith disclosed through the way of faith that arouses more faith. You all better walk out here aroused tonight. I'm telling you, everybody should be wanting to worship all night long. I do that sometimes. I leave here. I'll just sit up and I just buzz in continuing worship. Disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. As it is what, everybody? Written, the man who through faith is just, is upright and shall live and shall live by faith. So we enter in through the gospel, the kingdom. Then we build the power of faith. So now we have power. Hebrews 12, 1, 2. When you have recognized that you are growing in faith and this you are growing from glory to glory. There's a measure of glory growing in you every time. When you connect with this, he says, and you're ready to what? Be sanctified. You're gonna do this. He says, therefore then, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony. You come into this ministry because when I came in, Jean had bore testimony. Now I have borne testimony. Carrie has borne testimony. Zinni has borne testimony. Paige has borne testimony. Okay, I love it. So when people, Rima and Richard had borne testimony. So when you come in here, those who have borne testimony to the what, everybody? Truth. God doesn't want us in a spirit of error. He wants us in the spirit of truth. Okay, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and unnecessary weight and that sin which is so readily, deftly and, deftly and cleverly clinging to and entangles us and let us do what? Run with patience, endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course. He doesn't do it, he already has it written. This is the time for the dispensation of the glory. It's already written. So now we got to do what? Run the race. We got to learn how to get through that. The course race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us to Jesus, Christopher, right? Who is the leader and the what? Source of our faith. Giving, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its finisher, bringing to its maturity the perfection. That's what he wants to do. He wants to bring us to perfection and more perfection and more perfection in him. And let me tell you something, when he's doing that, when you're hitting the perfection, 
Now you enter in to the Holy of Holies. You actually, because of your persistence, because of your faith, because you're an endurance and you have agreed to run that waste and to cut down those weights and be sanctified, you actually will now enter in because he says, for the joy of obtaining the prize that was set before him, endured the cross. We've got to endure our own cross before we hit the Holy of Holies. There is something that has to be laid aside. And when you come into knowing what needs to be laid aside, now you enter into where the Jeremiah is, the rod of Aaron, and the Ten Commandments. You actually enter in, ignoring the shame, the despising, and is now seated. The Lord now shows us this is the way we get seated to the right hand of God. So now, you get into the Holy Holies because you've done all that. You've come into agreement to all of this. You've sanctified yourself. Now you see set before you the ark. Guess what the ark is? Ark means chest. The ark of the covenant is in your chest. It is the Holy Spirit. In that ark is three things. It is the jar of manna, the substance you need every day. When you lay aside everything and you get up there, there is something God is going to show you that it has something to do that concerns your heart. Something that he knows he's bringing you into. He actually gives you manna, which is instruction. And then you know what he does? When you get that instruction, you just, all of a sudden, you could be worshiping. You are in the Holy of Holies. And you get this. And you don't even know why you're getting it. And then all of a sudden, something bursts out of your spirit and it becomes the rod of Aaron. You know what's so special about the rod of Aaron? It said in Hebrews, it said there, it says the rod of Aaron sprouted and it budded. There are two times. Why didn't they choose Moses' staff? No, they chose Aaron's. This is so cool. You know why they chose Aaron's? Because Aaron's was used twice in instruction. And when the instruction was given to Aaron from the apostle or Moses and the leader, whoever instructed him, Aaron actually had to act on it. So think about this. Man, the Holy of Holies has our, all our answers. There isn't anything in your life that it doesn't have the instruction, the substance of the manna. But then there's going to be an action. And that action you actually have to do what? Speak it so it can bud. The two times Aaron's rod was used, Moses told him to throw it down to show Pharaoh a miracle because Aaron's rod is a miracle. That's what we're experiencing. When we walk on the glory, our rod, the word we are to speak, becomes the miracle that changes you that delivers you, that gives you me. I know when the Lord showed me, I'm going to put you to zero finances because it concerned my heart. I remember when I heard the word, it hit me. I'm not supposed to have debt. I heard in worship. I heard the voice. I heard him say to me, why? Because God is in me. I heard the spirit of truth that I'm going to have you debt free in one year. I was like, okay. And then when I got out of the, the place, how is that going to happen? I am starting to look at everything around me. I worship the next morning. And you know what? Someday I didn't get anything, but someday I did. He said one year. So I knew it was going to be done in what? One year. I was going to believe him. And then all of a sudden I'd be in the shower. Things would start speaking out of me. And it was instruction. Then I had to go run do it. 
okay? But then every time, that is one of the strongest experiences because I've asked God about things and he has shown me things, but they all haven't manifested yet because what? I have to endure and I have to be patient with what God is taking me and what he's doing. But he will give me a time and he will always ask me. We have conversations. When you were in the Holy of Holies, he wants to communicate with you. Sharice, can you believe that? You can actually hit a place where you hear a voice. It gives you the substance you need. This is why it's so important to get into the Holy of Holies because it's where you hear the manna. If you haven't been sanctified, I'm telling you right now, you haven't been in the Holy of Holies and you haven't heard the manna. And you have not spoken the rod of Aaron that is going to sprout the miracle. And I say that with love and not in a bad way. I say it with be motivated. Get into the Holy of Holies. You'll make it. I'm telling you, if you will continue and worship every day. Now, I got to tell you something. I don't have to worship hard to get there. You really, you start building. I hear saw, nails. When you were in the Holy of Holies, you were actually building a structure. You're building, I said, who will build me a house? Chris Battle. I remember when I text that to him at three o'clock in the morning, better than I love you, right? I said, who will build, I was worshiping, who will build me a house? Because the moment I spoke it to Chris, that was gonna put in Chris's heart, what? The Lord was using my rod to bring something of Chris into where he needed to be because guess what? He says, when you lay aside every weight, he brings what? A cloud of witnesses to help you. I can't begin to tell you how many times Gene spoke, oh, right? Something got activated because he was assigned by God to speak it to me. That's why we have to be so clear in who we are and spend time in the Holy Ghost so we can help another. We can help another not miss their destiny and walk in the glory. And this awesome? It's not hard. It's, you know what it is? It's a little scary at first because you don't know what it feels like. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to cry. You're going to hear things. and You're going to think it's crazy. But then when you start doing it, you're just like amazed. When I heard that there would be death in the seventh month, I remember coming out of that. And I remember not feeling good because I didn't want to tell it, but I had to still speak it. So that's why the Lord will give you a mentor to speak things too. Because once it was spoken and if it agreed to the mentor, it was going to what? It was going to happen. All right. And so that's where the, and it, nothing of it. Remember the, show me the old, give me the, give me the old tabernacle. Yep. Do you see how I have the jar of manna, golden light? Okay. Because that's the truth. That is the spirit of truth that wants to give you the word to stand on, the direction to go. And guess what? It will never conflict with the 10 commandments. It will never conflict. He came to bring us a better, a better way. It's not going to hurt another. It's not going to do it. It's going to honor another. All right. It may not feel good to you to do it, but that's what you're asked to do. So everything in the Ark of the Covenant, Ark means chest. It says in the end times, it would be like Noah, the flood of Noah. What does that mean? If people haven't built their Ark, then you're going to get flooded with the darkness of the world. And it's going to overtake you. When the Lord showed me that, it was so powerful. He said to me, Lee, in the end times, why did I say it was like Noah? Because the ark means chest. We are the carriers of the ark of the covenant. We are the carriers of the glory of God. And in that, he wants to get us into the holy of holies so we can know the substance, use our mouth, the rod, 
to speak and sprout whatever, because Aaron's rod, it was powerful. His rod even sprouted an, an, an almond plant. Because you know what was told him? A leader came to him and said, okay, everybody, everybody from the 12 times, bring a rod. And all the rods got lined up. And he says, the one who is the true priest of the tabernacle will be the rod that blooms. So every tribe brings the rod. Well, guess what? Aaron gave his rod to the, to the Levites. He gave his rod to the Levites. And guess whose rod sprouted the next day? Aaron's. So guess who got to be the priest of the, of the house? The Levites. It was so awesome. But if he didn't follow the instruction, and if Aaron said, I don't want to give up my rod today, I'm not giving it up. He wasn't part of the Levites. He was, he was told to give it for them. Now, how many of us hold things? I'm not doing that for this person. Forget that, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you, if you got it in the Holy Holies, you better do it. God challenged me. He said, give your house to this person. I ran into Jean, and Jean said, hold up. Why did every time I've had an experience, Jean's not always excited. He was like, hold up, you're young, you're a baby. I'm like, I know I heard it. I know it, right? And then I was like, I... The faith springs out so much, I didn't care what Gene said. I didn't, did I? I came in, I talked to him, I rushed out. This has happened to me so many times. That's why, if, it's, if I get it from the whole, and it's building, it's like so real. I'm not, I don't even care if my mentor agrees with me because he doesn't have to agree with me because he's not in my relationship with God. He's got to enter into his holy of holies. God may use me for him. God may use me for you like he did with Chris. But do you see what I'm saying? You get where I'm going? If God gives you a rod to throw down, a rod to throw down, he's giving it to you. You've got to do it because it's going to produce a miracle. That is how this whole dispensation works. And that's how walking in the glory and nothing will go against the commandments. So we, the flood comes in the world, but we are the what? We are just like Noah. We, are the we go into our ark. We go into the holy place. We enter into the holy of holies. Jesus' blood set us for that. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Okay. We're, hey, it doesn't say kingdom, power, glory, and another. It says kingdom. Jesus came to do that. The power, which is the faith movement, and now it's the glory. And the only way to get into the Holy of Holies is to get through that doorway of change. And I'm going to tell you, our ministry is getting the meat to feed the people to get into the Holy of Holies. Our purpose is to get everybody in the Holy of Holies so that when the flood comes, they're not being overtaken. The world is not going to shut down, but it's going to get so difficult and dark that you've got to know where to tap into because guess what? If I'm in the Holy Holies and Gene is in here in the Holy Holies and everybody else is in the Holy Holies and it says, come to kingdom life this time, at this moment, then guess what? There's a reason. And guess what? I don't have to call anybody to see if my, my phone is telling me what time to be there. I show up and they're here. Yeah, I mean, come on. We have days in this office. Gene, Carrie, and I will all have the same shirt on. You know we were in the we were you know we were in morning worship. I mean for a while there I got embarrassed. Jean and I came in with the same color shirt on every day. It was crazy. Cause I I really cause I was learning how to ask the Holy Spirit to guide me. So I started off by saying what color shirt I should wear. 
And then I got crazy about it. I was like, I think it was like noticeable. I would then get a color and wear another color. Because you get where I'm going? <laughs> but God was building my faith because he really was bringing me up there. And that's why I get so zealous. I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. I'm so zealous because when we worship him, it is such an awesome place to be that it makes me emotional because I could never be where I am today, not without great witnesses, but without getting there. I'd be nowhere. And I'm not saying I get it every time, but I'm meaning like I might miss it. I'm, I'm human being. I'm still having my little menorah lit. Whatever I got to overcome, but there are seven things I've got to overcome before I get to my fullness of glory. And so the only thing I can tell you is that in the Holy of Holies, just remember, you get the manna. You get the action, the rod that needs to be spoken. You get the Ten Commandments. He says, the law, the spirit of the Lord, right? There is no law against the spirit, okay, of the Lord. Love, kindnesses. We have to build our ark. Why do we not get into the Holy Holies? I'm going to, I, you know, I could go into depth about this, but I'm just going to sum it up in this because there's really one, two, there's a lot, but okay. Go to Hebrews 9, 8. Now, if you have to ask yourself, if you haven't experienced anything I'm saying, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody in here has gotten into the holy place. I know everybody's gotten the holy place because you worship. I know everybody opens their Bibles. But remember, you have to open up your Bible every day. All right? It says, by this, the Holy Spirit does what? Points. Okay? By this, the Holy Spirit points out that the way into the true holy of holies is not yet thrown open as long as the former, the outer portion of the tabernacle renames, remains a recognized institution and is still standing. That means whatever your old man used to believe, if you are still believing it, guess what? You can't get into the holy of holies. He already says that. The Holy Spirit is like a little meter. It points the what? Way. It says, go this way. You're not looking. It goes this way. But if your eyes are open and you're like, well, my Episcopal church said this, and it says not to do this, and it says don't clap, and it says don't do this, and it says don't do... Okay. The Holy Spirit points the way. If you are still trying to find an answer outside of the Bible... I'm telling you, there are people who look to other leaders for other theories, other philosophies, other things. Guess what's not pointing the way? The Holy Spirit isn't pointing the way. You are entering into the spirit of error. That's why it says when you come into a ministry like this, I know I sound crazy. Don't be listening to anything else. You'll never learn how to point the way. You'll experience some deliverances. You'll experience it, but it won't be the fullness of the truth. Because the only way to get it is to enter into the Holy of Holies and to do what you hear there. There is so much false teaching out, creating other words, other descriptives, other stuff. It says in the end times, there would be a greater amount of what? False teaching sounds good, but if it's not the Holy Spirit, what did it say? The Holy Spirit points the way. Close your eyes, walk in faith. You can't see it. You gotta what? Hear it. We opened this up. You've got to be able to hear what is being spoken to you. And I'm going to tell you, if you are hearing many, if you are hearing lots of stuff because you're watching TV, reading stuff, remember, you can cloud up your, your mind. 
because the soul is not renewed yet. We have to get our soul renewed. The best way to do it is to get sanctified. Shut out everything around you. It says, the, holy, the way into the Holy of Holies is not yet thrown open. It's not yet thrown open. When that was written, it was not yet thrown open. You getting where I'm going? Paul said, this wasn't my time to talk about it. It was not yet thrown open. Because why? There was too much other rules and regs, other man-made religions, other people. People can read this word. You know what the Lord showed me? And, and, and it's a humbleness. The Lord showed me that it's good to, you know, there's a lot of other people that teaching, but it's not their word. They create new names, new titles, new stuff. That's great. It's his word. The Lord told me, don't ever speak anything. It's my word. You don't create anything new. These visions, this isn't new. It's presentation of color. It's actually something we can connect to, but you back this up. It is amazing how these came from the Holy of Holies from his time in the Holy of Holies, and they do not contradict the word. They were birthed and conceived in everything. Everything of truth is backed up. It's gonna be backed up, but it's his word. It's not, these aren't Gene's visions. These are his visions to release the dispensation of glory, to show people the way and to train them to bide in the Holy Spirit. You're never going to catch anybody in here telling you what you're, who you're going to marry, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, because we're going to tell you to do what? Go to the Holy Spirit. People are tired of me in the office because they can come to me, and I'm trying to train everybody who works in that office. We're going to be, and you don't make friends. I don't make very many friends because I believe it so much that I'm not trying to create this word and make it my theory, my philosophy, and a nice way to present yourself to get delivered. It's not how it's supposed to be. Each person is individual and only God knows what you're being delivered. He'll send you a cloud of witnesses to run by your side, but you've got to enter into the Holy Holies to really get there. And only the Holy Spirit, if you are sitting in this place, only the Holy Spirit could, I'm gonna tell you, whoever brought you here, go hug them. Go hug them because something in their spirit drew you here. And so I just know the day I sat in my car, I hugged them. <laughs> Scott, Scott's needing some hugging, right? You know, but I, I want you to think about this. Is everybody taking the, the level of importance that this is at this time? I mean, I'm so glad you're here because there's some reason that you were here to really learn this. And this is really some deep stuff. What I'm giving you is not milk. What I'm giving you is not, this is deep stuff. And I'm glad some of the faces I'm seeing here tonight because some of you have chosen to back out. But if you're backing out, I'm telling you, this is a window of death. So if you have felt like dying this month, praise God, you're on the right way. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be. If you went in the hospital or something happened, praise God. God loves you, okay? Because nobody is go everybody has to go with that way. So remember, if your old tabernacle still remains, and you're still trying to find another answer outside of this Bible, I am nervous for you because this is the truth that he gave us to follow. Okay, and, and I don't recommend anybody reading any other literature until you know you know how to follow your Holy Spirit. Then go ahead and read. I only read whatever literature Gene told me to read. And even that, I have a million questions. But the Lord said to me, I heard it. Do not read anything else. Only go 
what I, he was teaching me. And he told me not to, I was only to, if Jean gave me a book, then I read it. But I knew I wasn't supposed to, and I felt sick if I thought of trying to read something else. So everybody's built kind of the same way, but our mind can be so stubborn like Pharaoh. We can be so hard-hearted that we want to go figure out the answer somewhere else. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, so I've been like that too. I didn't do it perfect. Trust me. I had my rebellious, you know what I mean? And even now, I'm not saying I hit it right every day, but I know I really want to hit it right, and he knows I want to hit it right. And now I know how to enter in. I can go and have a tough time. Let me tell you, even Carrie's watched me punch the air because sometimes things would happen, I can't figure it out. But then when I would enter into the Holy of Holies, you know what happens to me? I fall out. And when I fall out, the visions and dreams I get, they're so real. I knew my ankle, something was happened to it before it happened. He showed it to me. He didn't show me I was going to break it skipping around, right? But he showed it to me because he said, this is where I need you to be right now, down. He said, and the, even the doctor in the hospital said, it made us all cry, right, right? It hit us. This doctor was prophesying to me that my, I was down so that there could be another measure of growth that would happen. But yet God already knew it was going to be difficult to bring me down because I would live. This is my husband. This is my, ha- this is my home. So I run here. I run here. So I had to break an ankle not to run in here. Do you know what I mean? I still ran in here after the surgery. <laughs> okay, come on, laugh with me, right? God wants to show us the way, and he already knows we're going to be hard-hardened because there is a false humility when entering in, and there is a true humility. And I'm just going to leave tonight with just saying a few things, and you judge yourself, okay? And, you'll, and you can laugh because I had fun doing this myself. All right. And I have other things that go to this lesson, but it's getting, what's the time check? Is it really? Oh, my God. I'm like, okay. The reason why we don't get in the Holy Holies is because of humility. There is a true humility and there's a false humility the Lord showed me. We walk in lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That's what, and then we think we're all humble. And we are really connecting with lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So here are some things. False humility. False humility breeds false worship. I heard that in in the Holy of Holies when I was worshiping. I heard that. That when I was asking the Lord, what do you mean death? What do you mean death? What do you mean death? And it hit me. I heard it very clear. False humility breeds false worship and one cannot receive me. They can't enter in into the Holy of Holies. And it was great because when I told to carry, it hit him, right? So you knew it was from God. (laughs) Like if it came, I spoke it, boom, it hit him. Okay, he says, he said to me that false humility, the revelation, the, the, the true revelation, which is the manna, the word, the rod of action, people aren't hearing him. You can meditate on this, Colossians 2.18. You don't have to put it up, but you guys can write it down. Breaks down some false humility. False humility submits I submit, I submit, but it does not obey what it's hearing in the Holy of Holies. Okay, now we put this in a worldly outfit. You go to work, your boss tells you what to do. You did it. You think you've submitted and obeyed, but God doesn't worry about what happens in the world realm. What did you, what did you hear in the Holy of Holies? What did he show you? Did you submit, but not obey what you heard because it, you didn't think it would fit? You think people would look at you wrong? You didn't know how it would be? 
That's the stuff, that's the integrity of God. Do you know what I mean? How do we learn how to obey? Listening to a boss, being in a marriage. We learn to work as a team because ultimately God wants to get you up in the Holy of Holies. So when he gives you something to do, you're going to actually do it. Do you understand? The, that's why I love it. The old, we're born into a world where we have to listen to a boss. We're born into a world, we gotta listen to a mom and a dad, right? And we don't wanna listen to mom and dad, right? So there's times you can hear things in the Holy of Holies, that doesn't mean you do. I've made that mistake. Thinking that I heard something and then not being sure. But when you know it, you're gonna do it. So it says, okay, this is a false, humble person, a false humility. That is a person who buys and sells themselves. Don't you like that? The world is buy and sell. I'm selling myself. I am humble. I am listening to God. He told me to fast, blah, blah, blah. You are selling yourself. If you got to tell somebody you're fasting, you're on the false humility line. Remember, it says if you're fasting, I love it. You don't have to tell anybody, right? Unless it's a group fast and you know you're doing it as a group. But buying and selling yourself. How many of we buy ourselves because we want somebody to know we're good? Right, I've done it. Okay, so false humility tears down another to lift yourself up. Man, you think you're not doing it, and you are. You're doing it. I, I just got this right. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so if you are tearing up, you can't enter in the Holy Holies. If you're doing these things, this might be what's holding you back. You become so self-focused on you what money you're making, what car you're driving, what people you're hanging out with, and you hadn't submitted to him, you are in false humility. God told me to do that. How do you know? I remember sometimes I ask people that. Are you sure the Lord told you to? <laughs> These guys have been here. I ask them, and then when I don't say anything, I walk away, they start chasing me. Oh, why? What did you hear? <laughs> the Lord's really not telling me, but guess what? I know the voice behind the truth. Isn't that awesome? You actually can know the voice behind the truth. So if Todd says to me, yeah, God said I could go out and drink tonight. Yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just love to use Todd on that. He never did that to me. Okay. <laughs> hey, you have, when you talk about false humility, you have to lighten people up because everybody has done this list, right? Let's be transparent. We've all done this list. But remember, we are to submit and obey what we get in the holy of whole, the true substance, the true action. All right. A false, hum humble person will take a posture, but it does not last unto obedience. Okay, I've done this. I've been so zealous about God. I am in the holy place. I may not have gotten to the holy, holy but I hear something. I run it. Gene, gene, gene. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. I'm so excited. Okay, he goes, go ahead and do it. And the next day, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I took a posture. I took a posture of excitement, thinking it was what God was giving me, the true manna. I present it, and I, he always, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Um, yeah, and then what happens? It dies. There is no obedience to it. He knows if I'm really going to do it, because now we've had, we have a relationship. He knows in the business. If it is really from the Holy of Holies, he can tell me to go do it. I'm going to do it. And even if he tells me, the funny part is, is when it's really from the Holy of Holies, he's telling me not to do it. 
<laughs> That's what kills me. He'll say to me, I don't know if you're getting that right. You're right, because it came from up there. It's not gonna make sense. False humility is an act. In the beginning of this lesson, remember the old was an act of divine worship through ritual. So if you're a false humility, you are creating an act. You are creating, if you're doing the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, you are getting stale, okay? Because you are taking a posture, but it does not last unto obedience. Isn't this powerful? It's a form of godliness, but it denies the power of God, all right? You know when something's the power of God. He carries you through it with his grace. You actually float through the assignment and you don't care what anybody thinks. Okay, so now we'll end on true humility. So is that good? Does everybody connect with that? Okay, so we can raise our hand and say, I have been, I've been false, you know, in my, I've been there. I have been false in my humility, all right? So a true humble person will be like Jesus, okay? He will say less. He doesn't have a lot to say. He will sow and reap from the spirit. So he will sow into the spirit. He's not buying and selling himself. He sows into the spirit and then he never knows when the reaping comes, all right? He submits to what God shows him and he does what? Obeys. See, this is what's awesome. If anybody has been dying this month, this is God speaking out to you. Whatever he has shown you this month, do it. D just die to yourself. Submit and obey. Because when we can't hear, if we're not in the Holy of Holies, when it comes time for your move, God's gonna send somebody to speak to you. That's how much he loves us. You're not lost if you haven't hit the Holy of Holies. He'll send somebody to what? Speak to you. That's why it says we'll profit if we listen to a prophet, okay? We will, if we know that's the right thing, because it's already gonna be in you, you just might not have heard. True humility is bold unto obedience. It is bold. You can't, I mean, there's a, and it doesn't die. It becomes so bold, everybody can't stand you. That's how bold it is, you know what I mean? Those who aren't hearing God, all right, for that moment, people don't understand it. Have you ever seen somebody just so bold? And you're just like, wow, wow, wow. And then you're going, wow, because the rod of action is the miracle. Uh, you can't help but go, at a miracle, right? Yeah. That is the miracle. That's the glory he's getting us into. All right. Um, all right. True humility builds up. True humility puts others first in thought, word, and deed. True humility is gentle, and it is lowly in heart. It's not fighting for its own way. It's bold, but yet it doesn't have to sell itself. Do you know what I'm saying? It can be gentle in that boldness. It's controlled power. It's a true heart condition. One who is walking in faith with true repentance. You can't get into the Holy of Holies without walking in faith with true repentance. Tonight, you've all heard a very strong word. If you take these and you meditate on these, repent. Repent means to change your thinking. Say, hey, help me hear the spirit of truth, not the spirit of error. Help me, Lord, to get into the Holy of Holies. Meditate on your word day and night. Worship you. Help me. If I, if I don't feel like I can speak words, help me speak words. Take that away from me. If I can't raise my hands and praise you, help me 
Break that from me. You want to get into a deeper place. Ask yourself, are you double-minded? Are you listening to, are you listening? Who, who are you listening to? All right. Are you, <laughs> are you double-minded? Are you doing one thing and then doing another? That's a sure sign that you're still following the world. Are you working to maintain your vanity? If you are working to create an image and maintain it, how much you think about that? Because if you have to create your image in whatever you're doing so much, then that means there's a little false humility in that. It's an, remember, it's an inside change with an outside manifestation, not an outside change with no inside change. Are you unteachable? Are you unteachable? Are you unwilling to seek the kingdom of God first? Are you going to keep going the old way? Are you unteachable? An unteachable person doesn't want to hear something new, but wants to be connected to it. How many people want to come in? Yeah, I want to be connected to this place. There's glory. But you don't really want to do anything. So you become unteachable. All right? An unteachable person doesn't connect in with the kingdom first. Do you fear the law? Man, how many times, you know, the law is the Ten Commandments plus love one another as he has loved you and you put God first. There is nothing that he's going to instruct you that's not going to beat those Ten Commandments. But if you are fearing law, some of the things that God has asked me to do, I had to think about it. <gasps> I think I have to have insurance. It's the law, right? But then, now, I mean, there are certain, you have to respect the law and the world and the government. I'm not saying that. But like, there was nothing that said at the time I had to have health insurance. So I knew not to do that. Because the Lord said to me, I am your insurance. He didn't say that on car insurance because it's, you know. But if you fear the law and you are quick to judge others by the law, then that means you are set up to betray those who do not follow God. You will actually betray somebody who, doesn't, who follows God. Because all you're doing is judging that person by the law. All you're doing is judging that person by what they say. And you, we have no right. I have no right to judge anybody by what they say. They judge. They work with their relationship with God. And God says he will bring whatever conviction needs. So how much of us are staying in the fear of the law of religion, right? Shame will hold us back, and it is a hidden spot. So it's awesome. We want to enter in, and we'll end with this. Um, man, I can't end. There's just too much. <laughs> All right, let's go to this. Exodus, this is the last verse. Go to Exodus 33, 14. Here's the whole purpose. We're, we want to walk with God's presence. And even in the Old Testament, he said, and the Lord said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Jesus even said, take on my yoke upon you and I will give you rest rest. God wants us all in the rest of him so we can receive the manna, so we can receive the instruction, so we can receive what he is asking us to do. And then in that, he blesses you. There is nothing that he doesn't want to give us. He wants to give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So this is the message tonight. I hope it wasn't too long, but I hope it was good. And I just want, well, I really just want everybody to, to really take it to heart. And if you struggle with worship, if you struggle getting into the holy place, if you struggle getting into the holy of holies, I can guarantee you this. If you do it for 30 days and, don't, and you do it every day, commit yourself 
30 days sanctification. It says it takes 30 days to create a habit, three days to break it, right? But if you just do it and you experience that holy of holies, you won't want to give it up. I mean, I watch Carl. This is a man who God is trying to really bring him into a place. This guy is not giving up. He <laughs> keeps his worship going. And guess what? God is an adventure. God comes unexpectedly. So if you just do it one day and then give up, you just, you might have missed him. You might have missed entering into that next level. So I, I know in 30 days, because he did it for me in 30 days, and I don't think he holds anybody longer than that. I mean, when you press in, he will touch you. You will experience, you will hear something. You will get a vision. Like I told you, I fall back. And when I fall back, I feel the presence rest. His presence goes with me. I sit there and then the, it's amazing. And how I know it's God, it is bellowing out of me. And it meets him. And you will experience that. And then you actually leave for the day and you walk in the presence of God. And then it's, it's amazing how he'll use you unexpectedly for somebody that day. It's awesome. So praise God. Does anybody have any questions? All right, well, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came on this earth to lead us in the way to the Holy of Holies. Lord, I ask that as everybody leaves the ministry this evening and as they pray in the Holy Spirit, in spirit, that they ask you for the guidance and the way in which they should go. Lord, I ask for the spirit of worship to hit everybody. For in this time, his glory, this is a time for his glory to manifest. And in his glory are the miracles of life. It brings us into the way he wants us to be and the things he has us to be in kingdom life. So Lord, I thank you for each and every person. And I honor you, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>